Go Your Own Way is brought to you by Overmental.com, the media culture hive mind. Enjoy the adventure. Hey listeners, welcome to Go Your Own Way, the podcast where I always improvise an introduction that's different each time, and sometimes it's terrible, and by sometimes I mean always. This is one of your three hosts, Peter. We also have one of our other regular uh, hosts, Eric. Hello! Hi. And tonight we have a guest host, Ryan. I will try my very best not to destroy your show my first episode. <laughs> it's okay. I can make very we few promises, that. though. Ryan, um, we uh, actually mentioned him once. He's never been on the show before, but we've mentioned him once or twice because he was uh, one of the, the writers of our Go Your Own Way ebook that we released recently. So, hooray. I also hide in your closet while you record, so I, I feel like I've, I've been here in spirit, if not physically <laughs> behind you. I believe Eric is choosing our own way this week. You believe correctly. I've chosen Desperate Heart by Corinthian. The description is, a boy and a girl in a shattered land. In this world, there can be no chance for happy endings. And the maturity level is 7 of 8, so some of these endings could be extremely unhappy. Mm, That sounds like the premise Mm. for a really good paranormal romance, which ironically only has happy endings, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like a ghost blowjob. I I mean, technically you're right, there is nothing like that, (laughs) because it doesn't exist, as far as we know. As far as you know. Fair enough. No one talks about the ghost blowjobs. And I mean, really, why would you? Like, you're going to complain when the ghost is, like, smashing your plates. If the ghost is giving you blowjobs, like, are you going to call an exorcist or something? No, you're going to enjoy the free blowjobs. All I'm saying is the new paranormal activity took some weird turns. (laughs) Speaking of ghosts, what happened with, like, the ghost show people? Killing people or something? What happened with that? I didn't. I didn't really understand what happened. So, um, this couple had a, like a ghost show, and there were numerous sort of domestic abuse problems. Uh, at one point, he was charged with kidnapping and detaining her uh, against her will, and they hadn't like they'd been estranged for like a year. Okay. Um, it looks like. He broke into or got into the apartment she was staying at, killed the dude who was there with her, uh, took her to his adult, well, their adult daughter's apartment, uh, barricaded the place, and more than likely murder-suicided. Okay, then. Well, I apologize. I feel like... This show would not have taken such a dark turn. Not <laughs> your episode. Well, it's not all your Somehow fault. Somehow I feel like this is my fault. It's the only reason we're talking about it is because it happened in my hometown. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I actually like... They're like, oh, at this apartment complex. I'm like, oh yeah, I know that apartment complex. <laughs> <laughs> I know that place. That's where I buy my weed. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Well, in Reno, it's where you buy your meth. Meth. Holla. 
not for meth though um so let's play desperate hard <laughs> let's it happened so suddenly key had no chance to catch her no hope of doing anything but watching as she fell one moment he was alone on the beach sun sparkling off the waves nothing in the sky but a few white fluffy clouds the next at first he thought she was a kite bright colorful cloth flapping in the wind of free fall as she flew earthward when he understood the shape was human, it was too late, and she struck the shimmering sand with a soft, muted sound. Key ran towards the sad, bright, crumpled form. It was a girl. Shreds of crimson and indigo did little to conceal the fact. She lay still on the sand. Key reached out toward her, his hand barely brushing her hand, face, or breast. Mm. <laughs> well, that escalated surprisingly quickly. <laughs> but it says so there's no is... happy endings. <laughs> right. Oh, so I this is the part where we where we make a choice. So yeah, we can choose hand, face, or breast. Just to clarify, we are key. Yes. Do do we narrate our lives in the third person? Is... Yes. Okay. So. All right. I assume that's a defining character trait. It is. It is. I want to see her face. I want to see what see what she looks like. All right. So let the record show that. Ball? Peter's first reaction to meeting someone new is to touch their face. <laughs> like a blind person. I've always wondered if blind people actually do that. Like, is that an annoying movie thing where people are like, you can touch my face if you want, and blind people are like, we don't fucking do that. That's dumb. <laughs> I don't want to touch your goddamn face. Right. Mm. So are we okay with face? I'm okay with um, face. Yeah, face sounds good. Faces can't go wrong with the face. Key softly stroked the side of her face She was like a porcelain doll Thrown aside by a careless child Then she opened her eyes They were the color of the sky Just after sunset So Black? Yeah I think that's just night (laughs) Yeah right after sunset is nighttime (laughs) During sunset (laughs) She looked at him with all the glassy stillness of a tide pool, unseeing, uncomprehending. He spoke. Are you all right? Who are you? What happened? I feel like, what happened? Hmm. Because, like, who are you? Oh, I'm Caitlin. Doesn't get us anything. (laughs) The like, end. <laughs> right? Like That was not a happy ending. <laughs> uh, yeah, what happened seems like a relevant question at the moment, considering we almost just got hit by a meteor woman. Right, and she fell far enough that, like, she would either be not alright, as in a pile of guts and goo, or she is fine. Yeah. I want to know what all happened. Right. Alright. She blinked once, slowly. Her coral pink tongue flickered out, licking her lips as if she were still new to the idea of speech. She blinked again and spoke. What? It was a whisper, a barely breathed thought, a ripple of confusion in the still pools of her eyes. Key took her back to his cottage. Hmm. Key is very trusting. Key is making a lot of presumptions at this point. Yeah. I mean, he is a he is a face toucher, so I feel like that is it's probably in character. 
<laughs> my the only one imagining like he picks her up and just says key is taking you to his cottage now <laughs> <laughs> this is an internal this is all external dialogue <laughs> he's saying all of this <laughs> which one do i choose <laughs> including all three choices at every country. <laughs> She was very alarmed at the breast comment, but we got over that. Right. That was an option? Well, I didn't choose that option. Oh, okay. It's always an option. It's always an option. (laughs) It was a simple beach house, like most of the others in the area. Humanity had learned not to build too high or too close together. He lived there with his sister, Yumiko. Their parents had died. My parents are dead! (laughs) along with most of the population of Cantus V in the last Promethean attack. The Prometheans have mo- had moved on to other worlds, other wars, other lives to be destroyed. And what was left of the people of Cantus V struggled on, because there was nothing else to be done. Yumiko sold her body to the fishermen for food and supplies. Nice. And he... <laughs> Hopefully they don't pay in fish. <laughs> Oh, no, they do pay in fish. She's getting paid in food and supplies. Yeah. So some of it is fish. All right. And Key walked the beaches, searching for remnants of their lost way of life. (laughs) You go ahead and be a whore, sister. I'm going to wander the beach and pick up strange women to feed (laughs) with the food that you get us. All right. Cool, Key. Uh, Key's not much of a career, man. It's more of a face toucher, to be honest. Yeah. He felt hopeful, sad, angry, nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Key feels nothing. <laughs> I really want to go with nothing. Let's go the nihilist route. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm definitely okay with turning us into a, a sociopath at this point. <laughs> <laughs> the negation of all feeling is the only way to survive. <laughs> When he thought of what his life had become. Okay, so Key felt nothing when he thought of what his life had become. There we go. There was no point in wishing for things to be different, or wondering how life could have been. No point in wasting effort on dreams of revenge or rebirth. This was simply what life was now. There was nothing you could do but try to survive another day, and another, and another, until your heart gave out. There were no more fish, or the Prometheans came back to finish what they'd started. He brought the girl inside and waited for Yumiko. Yumiko's busy right now. <laughs> getting our dinner. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she was crying when she entered the cabin. She cried a lot these days. Never loudly, never with any sense of anger or outrage. The tears simply flowed, silently, hopelessly, as if there were too much sorrow inside her to be contained, and this was the only way it could be released. Jesus Christ. <laughs> When I didn't she... realize that uh, Nietzsche wrote any Children uh, Adventure books. Right. <laughs> little detour in his career. When she saw him, she tried to smile a hello. He hated her new smile. It's a smile of a whore. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, man. Like <laughs> The old Yumiko had been dazzling, a straight-A student, outgoing and popular. Everyone had been drawn to her beauty and charm. This Yumiko was like a ghost, some pale reflection of his beloved sister, with all of the life and sparkle in her gone. 
Then she saw the girl on the bed, and her expression changed to something like fright. What is that? <laughs> Yumiko stammered in shock. I found her on the beach. She fell from the sky. Can Don't you know her? what that is? <laughs> right. She followed me home. Don't you know what that is? She gasped. Key knew. We knew this whole time. Bullshit. From the moment he saw her, he had known what she was. But somehow, he didn't feel she was dangerous. Something in the way she looked as she lay on the sand. She had seemed broken, discarded, a lost thing. Nothing like those monsters. Nothing monstrous about her. Key tried to explain his feelings to Yumiko. Her response was angry, resigned. I like how we can choose our sisters. I'm just realizing we're like God in this story. Right? It's not exactly a uh, strong move for the agency of women in this story. (laughs) Don't you know what it is? No, it's okay. You feel resigned. I mean, should we? She seems to be starting towards angry. Do we can continue angry? That does seem to be a natural course. I will continue angry, (laughs) sister. You may continue angry. (laughs) It's a monster. It's a monster key, and I won't have it in here. Key tried again to explain. He was sure she wasn't dangerous. Yumiko argued with him. So what if it was a defective model? It was still a Promethean, a sworn enemy of all humanity. He almost changed his mind, but something made him stubbornly insist that the girl be allowed to stay. So, I mean, obviously the Prometheans have discovered that as long as a girl has a pair of nice breasts that you might barely brush your hand against. Hey, no one said anything about nice, so we didn't get a chance to to grope around. <laughs> we chose face. face. I mean, we all, all we know at this point is she has a face. <laughs> That's fair. They could be holographic breasts. This truly is a magical sci-fi world. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, what made us change our mind? His anger at Yumiko, his attraction to the girl, his pity for the girl story is so chock full of emotional choices <laughs> it's true i don't think our anger at the, our sister really has anything to do with it no that seems i don't want to do that i feel like going down the stupid path of his attraction to the girl but i might be he did seem kind of mesmerized by her when she fell out of the sky i think the fact that breasts was an option is some strong character development right there that's true. Uh, informs us quite a bit about what this key guy is all about. It's mm. true. All right. We want to stick with attraction? I'm, I'm good with that. I'm attracted to that option. <laughs> she was unearthly beauty and inhuman stillness. She was the most perfect thing he had ever seen. They named her Kite. Cool. Most of the time, she trailed after Key like a lost shadow. She never spoke. Yumiko thought perhaps her programming had been damaged in the fall. Key could tell his sister didn't trust the Promethean. Damaged or not, helpless or not, in Yumiko's eyes, Kite was a monster, and nothing could change that. And one day, something happened that changed everything. Nothing could change it, and then one day, everything (laughs) changed. 
presumably including that. I'm going to presume she actually had a name, but they were just like, no, you're kite now. Right? It was it fell kite. from the sky, just, just like every kite I've ever owned. Right. I don't know how to fly a kite, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I found you on the ground, which is the kite's natural habitat. <laughs> Key returned from a shopping trip to find her standing out in the rain, staring through the cabin's single window. At first, Key thought Yumiko had pushed her outside from spite or fear or malice. He opened the cabin door, ready to argue with his sister. Yumiko had brought a client home. Mm. The man glared angrily at Key. Wait your turn, he snapped. Oh, jeez. Sorry, Key mumbled and quickly shut the door. He took Kite by the hand and led her down the beach to the shelter of a fallen tree. They sat and watched the waves, and then she kissed him. Her lips were cool and soft, and he could feel the rainwater on them. She pulled away and regarded him curiously, head tilted a little to the side, as if she were wondering what he would do next. He just sat there. He pulled her close against him. Hmm. Can we trust it? It's steamy in here. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if a monster kisses you, you should have sex with the monster. I mean, I've lived my life by this, and uh, it's gotten me this far. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is we shouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> are we? Uh, are we going to pull her close to, to us? It sounds more interesting than just sitting there. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just going to trust that the story is not just going to murder us at this point. So I think that's a pretty safe option. Uh, we'll see. I'm pretty surprised that it hasn't done that already. But, yeah, let's keep going with that, I guess. Her fragile body trembled in his arms. Kite, he whispered. Was she only copying what she'd seen with Yumiko in the cabin? He wouldn't take that chance. He wanted her, but not if it meant taking advantage of her. So he only held her, and whispered his love to her as the rain fell in silver sheets on the dreary sand. And then she spoke for the first time since he'd known her. Key, she whispered. Never taking her eyes off him, she reached out and slid down his zipper. Key. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just straight up Fifty Shades in there. That's right. Fifty Shades of Kite. <laughs> Fifty Shades of that color that comes right after the sunset. The world closed in around him. There was no wind, no rain, no sandy beach and darkened sky. Only Kite beside him, surrounding him. Did she understand his love? Was this her way of showing him she felt the same way too? Could a Promethean love? He gave up, wondering as she flowed around him, and he was lost in her. Like a hazy dream. Like a falling star in the soft velvet night. Oh, baby. Okay. I'm still imagining he's saying all of this out loud. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I really, really hate when you do that when we're fucking. It is <laughs> so distracting. <laughs> Baby, you know it's the only way I can do it. <laughs> and this was their life. <laughs> the end. The end. Key and kite together always. She never said another word to him. Sometimes he wondered if he'd only dream that brief whisper when she spoke his name. But at night she came to him, and afterwards they would lie entwined on the narrow bed, and he would imagine he could hear her heartbeat pulsing in time with his own. Yumiko never said anything to him about Kite. 
The reproach was in the way she looked at him, the way she avoided his touch, as if, in his eyes, he'd become unclean, a monster like the one he bedded. I mean, she can't really judge us for that, <laughs> honestly. I mean, in her defense, we're not getting any fish out of this, so... Hmm. Right? It's not like we're contributing to the household. Did I miss some lore, or... Uh, no. Aren't these robots? <laughs> Yeah. Are they are they very anatomically correct robots, or is Key just any port in a storm sort of guy? Maybe they're like liquid metal robots. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. So literally any port that you could imagine. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, that's yeah. canon now. Yep, it couldn't last, of course. <laughs> that's how it works. If you say it, it's canon. <laughs> <laughs> And we're apparently God in this story, so as far as I'm concerned, we just breathe life into this world. That's true. Key had to go into the shantytown for supplies every now and then. Kite could not go with him. The people would surely see her for what she was. How? She has fucked up black eyeballs. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Yumiko would not go into town now, though she often had before. It was her silent protest, her small revenge to separate them, even for an afternoon. This afternoon, the two women occupied the cabin in silence, moving about in a strange, bitter waltz of avoidance. I Yumiko hate your new girlfriend, so I'm gonna spend the whole day with her. <laughs> <laughs> right? Take that. She turned to face Kite and spoke in a savage whisper. You're not a real girl, you know. Kite took a step back. Then anger blazed in her eyes and she stood her ground. You're a monster, a thing, Yumiko snarled at her. Whatever my brother may think, I know what you are. Stubbornly, Kite refused to back down. She gazed steadily at Yumiko, then sneered contemptuously and turned her back on the other girl. White-hot rage burned in Yumiko's heart. Rage against all the Prometheans and what they had done to her. Rage against Literally this rage one in against particular. The Literally rage against the machine, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually find pretty interesting how often we shift perspectives in, in this story. <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of cool. Uh, this machine that dared to think it was a person. She ran forward and caught the smaller girl by her long, silky hair. Screaming her pent-up pain and horror, Yumiko attacked Kite with all the strength in her. Something flared to life in Kite's degraded circuits. Her body moved of its own volition. That is literally how bodies move. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't know this world. Maybe, maybe it's a volition-free world. Like... You are your body. Your body moves because you want it to move. Like, that is that is how movement fucking works. But if we're God, the bodies move because we want them to. <laughs> ah, so actually, that represents them breaking free of our control. Ooh. That's, that's Ooh. some deep stuff. That's a good they're, twist. They're going to come after us soon as soon as they realize they're in a book. <laughs> right? <laughs> Lock the doors. The only way to save the world is to stop reading forever. <laughs> the world can't end if the story never ends did she try to stop when she realized what she was doing to Yumiko a kind forgiving heart would like to think she did whatever humanity she had found with Ki was gone though there was only her mechanical impulse and Yumiko's shrieks of agony 
Then there was stillness and silence and the sound of something dripping slowly on the barren planks of the cabin floor. Dang. When Key returned, the cabin was dark and silent. He lit a candle and stared in horror at, re- at what remained of his sister. It's like the, the color sudden... after sunset in here. <laughs> <laughs> I can never remember what color that is. <laughs> oh yeah, dark. Right. Right. A sudden sound from the corner, and he whirled about with a startled gasp. Key, she whispered, her scarlet hands outstretched toward him. He spoke a single word. Kite. Monster. No. Hmm. Alright. I feel like kite is probably gonna be, like, forgiveness. Monster. We might try and kill her. And then no is gonna be, I don't know, a slow slip into madness. The question is, which of those do we want? I feel like Key would be sort of forgiving in this situation. He doesn't have all the facts yet. Just knows maybe she got some sticky jam on her hands, <laughs> trying to make some toast. Knocked over the light, you know. I mean, you know how it got goes. it all over uh, Yumiko, and then she fell asleep with you jam. Know, crazy um. jam parties. <laughs> I mean, it was the color after sunset in there. Can't see anything. That's true. Things happen. <laughs> Those after sunset jam parties. I want to say kite. Yeah, I think we'll go with kite. All right, let's do it. He whispered and stepped towards her. She stroked his cheek gently, her hand leaving a crimson smudge on his pale skin. And then... They left that place. They went into the darkness hand in hand. There was nothing in heaven or earth to come between them. The end. Oh, I guess. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's totally wow. the end. Okay, so... It's a little character arc going on there. You know, it's from breast to sister murder to dark force. I mean, it's definitely... Definitely a path. <laughs> We went away. <laughs> Were there any choices that you guys want to redo? Or do you guys just want to end here? I mean, I'm I'm kind of legitimately curious if there were any dead ends in that story. Because it seemed pretty, pretty straightforward. Ends where you die, you mean? Or, or... Yeah, I mean, some kind of, some kind of bad ends to the, mm. the story. Uh, Felt like we, we mostly just uh, read a story and then were allowed to pick emotional responses to pieces of it. It's kind of like life, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's deep. Yep. I kind of want to see what happens when we click breast. <laughs> just go <laughs> all the way back I, to the beginning. I, I'm curious how much that changes, like everything else that happens after that. Just unlocks another like 50 pages of story right there. Just a completely different story. We go to a different planet. Just have like an Indiana Jones adventure. <laughs> that was the actual story he wrote. This was all like side stuff. Just for the, the two people who would have chosen face. Um, I'm looking at it and actually basically doesn't change anything. Sadly. I mean, there's like one extra mm-hmm. little page of description, but then like the other choices after that are the same. 
Oh, I mean, mm. should we try the different, like, three endings, basically? Yeah, all right. Uh, I'd be curious if any of those continue on. No, uh, that sounds good. All right. So instead of saying kite, we say monster. Sure. Monster. He whispered, then again louder. Monster, you killed her. Please, Key. She took a step towards him. Please. Repulsion twisted his features, and he swung the candlestick towards her. It connected with her head in a solid thump. Vicious, viscous red liquid poured down her face, and she slumped to her knees. She reached up for him and whispered again, Key. She held out her hands to him. Key, I love you. He screamed, and there was the bright edge of madness in his eyes. You're just a machine. You can't love anything. I love you, she pleaded. He picked up a shard of glass from the floor. I'll show you. I'll show you you're only a machine. She cried out once toward the end of it. Surely not from pain. Machines could not feel pain. Or love. So they were not tears that flowed from her eyes, only liquid, leaking from a broken machine as it lay in pieces on the floor. You're just a machine that can bleed and cry and is also very anatomically correct, but mostly a robot, I, I think. <laughs> also, you're dead. <laughs> also that. That was kind of horrifying. Do we want Basically time chopped up her body. Yep. So I guess that one also didn't go anywhere. We were warned that there were no happy endings. Fair enough. I mean, that was part of the description of the story. Although, the story difficulty on this is one out of eight, no possible way to lose. Ah, so. I see. I mean, you're not technically losing. With a sad ending, you mean? Yeah, I mean, like, you do get to go on and be with your robot lover in the first ending we got. Yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunate that your sister was beaten to death, but... I mean, these things happen. These things it's, happen. Uh, you know, fish prostitution is a dangerous game to be in. You know the risks. <laughs> and I mean, in the second one, we avenge the death beating of our sister. <laughs> being a robot is also a dangerous game to be in. I guess just being a woman in this world is a pretty dangerous game to be in. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they're not happy endings, but they're not necessarily losing endings. Hmm. I mean, the important thing is Key lives to touch another breast, so <laughs> I mean, that's that's a happy ending as far as I'm concerned. He throws away all the robot parts, but he keeps the breasts. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ew. Gross. I'm picturing them covered in, like, that weird milk blood from alien <laughs> so what happens if we say um whatever that last one was no no turning from the cabin he ran from her something in her circuits flipped again and she raced after him man and machine fled onward through the endless night and in all the world there was only darkness that's not an ending. That's just words <laughs> on a page. <laughs> so the implication there is they just ran forever. So, I mean, that's an ending. 
Yeah, I don't know how you run forever. Especially when one of you is a machine that presumably doesn't need to sleep. That'd be an interesting but, ending to a Terminator movie. Is this, they, they just run into the sunset and it just implies that they run forever. <laughs> or just a Terminator movie where he's chasing another Terminator and they just literally run forever. That would be fantastic. Did uh, either of you watch the Hulk versus animated shorts that came out like years ago? No. Uh, one of them is Hulk vs. Wolverine. And the end, like, they they have a huge fight, and then they destroy a giant base, and at the end of it, Wolverine is all, like, ready to congratulate the Hulk, except the Hulk is still super pissed off. And it ends with them just screaming and jumping at each other. And, like, that is a fight that could literally never end. Because the Hulk can dish out an infinite amount of punishment, and Wolverine can take an infinite amount of punishment. So... It's it also just a romance that can never end. Yeah, it's, it's it's very Which is my next choose your own adventure story that I'm writing. <laughs> Desperate Wolverines. <laughs> I mean that's basically the story of Wolverine. He's always like, I just want a woman to love so that I can settle down and stop being violent. And then one of the many people that is mad at him for killing one of their various family members shows up and kills whatever woman and he's like, Why? That's the story of Wolverine, or it's just saber, <laughs> or it's just saber tooth. Choose your own adventure took a weird turn. <laughs> I like after the end, it, it kind of just continued for ten minutes. Oh, something about Wolverine <laughs> and, and the Hulk. I'm waiting for the next choice, though. Oh gosh! So once again, that was called Desperate Heart, a love and dating, I guess, story. Yes. By Corinthian on ChooseYourStory.com. Yeah, there's some cool stuff in there. I think yeah. some potential for a more fleshed out paranormal romance. Maybe Let's just more potential for more flesh. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. If you think that was a good story, <laughs> <laughs> tell us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash G-Y-O-W podcast or on Twitter at Go Your Own Way Pod. Subscribe to us on iTunes and find us on Overmantle.com and buy our book, Dances with Sasquatch, from the Kindle store. I can guarantee there are dozens of robot sex scenes. Or your money back, you can get it from Peter. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any money. I don't have any robot sex scenes, so it sounds like we're even. All right, fair enough. Uh, is there anything else we want to say? I think that's pretty much it. Well, apparently now we have to desperately write robot sex scenes. It could be in the second book. There we go. Choose your own robot sex scene. Dances with sex robots. <laughs> that's probably already a book. <laughs> it seemed to be a major Hollywood motion picture. Right? Videos of dances with sex robots. Nope. The internet is a creepy place, so I'm not going to keep looking here. Thanks. <laughs> uh, you know, two pages of Google image results for sex robots is uh, quite enough for one day. Yes. Save Wait. the rest for tomorrow. 
Look at this fucking headline. Will we ever want to have sex with robots? We already want to have sex with robots. What the fuck are you talking about, BBC? Some of us have already had sex with robots. Right. For including household appliances. <laughs> like, which I am. What kind of question is that? <laughs> um, thanks for joining us, Ryan. We're glad to finally have you're you welcome, on the show. I hope. Yes. I guess thank you as well, Eric, even though you're here every time. For the most part. You're welcome. It's <laughs> really passive aggressive. Thank you. It's nice to be appreciated. <laughs> I mean, I guess thank you whatever sort of and thank me peter for also being here you can hear us next time when we go another way and you listen to us do that bye For more original podcasts, videos, and pop culture news, visit Overmental.com. Thanks for listening.